Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We're your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. Today we're recapping and discussing episode six of the Percy Jackson Disney Plus show. Now, I know, Erin, you were extremely disappointed that this was not a musical. Oh, so, so, so disappointed. Mm. Um, really? I actually was thinking before we started recording, I was like, I think that my goal for this episode, in honor of Lin-Manuel Miranda, is to make as many Hamilton references as I can. And be like as insufferable as possible. I think that's my goal. Will I remember it? Will I forget about it by the time we start talking about this? Maybe. But uh, that's what I'm striving for. I support you in your endeavors. Um, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Well, I liked the changes that they did. I thought they did them very well. And it's nice to have... I loved... You know, Percy having zero brain cells and the three of them just sharing the one brain cell. But this is also Mm -hmm. really nice. All of them bring like a bit of studying and also... Yeah, they did their research. Also, it is more plausible that these nerds who have been thrown into a world (laughs) of Greek mythology are going to have done a little bit of research. And Sally would have done a bit to prepare Percy for these adventures. Yeah, Sally prepared her boy. Also, this, these episodes, so this is fun because we once again got to see these ones in advance. The last one was just like an, a fun little blip. Um, we'd like to thank our mob for that and Robert for, <laughs> you know. Mostly Robert, yeah. Mostly Robert's meme for, uh, you know, I'm saying I don't believe, maybe I don't believe in manifesting anymore. Maybe in this new year of 2024, it's about just like, demanding what you want asking politely really i'm not quite leveled up to the demanding portion yet but um you know (laughs) well i also liked i know for some reason people held on to it didn't leave that much of an impact on me the poker face scene in the movie Mm, but it is nice to have poker face scene yeah it's nice to have a little bit of like these kids who care about the quest and have a sense of urgency <laughs> instead of the movie <laughs> where they're just kind of bopping around and yeah. um, clearly does not care about the source material. I yeah. know that there's like a random connection and now everyone is like suddenly very passionate about the scene as if it wasn't the worst thing you've ever seen when you were watching yeah. it being like Rick is rolling in his grave. He's alive, but mm-hmm. he's rolling in his grave. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's very alive, but <laughs> I... You know what? Honestly, I'm going to say it. I feel like nobody says it. That scene wasn't good. I don't know why the fandom is obsessed with it. Like, it was funny, but it wasn't good. Grover was, like, actively, like, trying to pick up hookers in it in the movie. Like, what was going on? And, like, they were basically all high. It was very weird. (laughs) It was very strange. I'm really glad that they did not make these 12-year-olds go through that. Because that's really uncomfortable. Yeah. 
And an almost, we'll talk about when we get to it, but it felt like they kind of had a, a little bit of a dig at the movie because in the movie it was all about like eating the lotus flower and they were like eating these weird flowers off of platters. And then in the in the show, they're like, no, it's not about eating the flower. It's like <laughs> about being in this environment and breathing it in. Yeah. So take that. <laughs> Who did that? Chris Columbus, I think, did that. Yeah, which is hilarious because we love Hilarious. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know anything about him personally. He might be problematic. I don't know. But oh, he's I don't done know some great that. work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is like a blip in his, um, mm-hmm. dis- not discography, filmography. Yeah. Anyway. Film- yeah, his, his resume. <laughs> so this episode um, c- covers chapter 16 and 17, which is our mm-hmm. episode 7. Well, what's crazy is I didn't realize that them taking the, the truck over and also going into the the hotel is all one chapter. Yeah, the in the book they really jam pack the events and even like yeah, like the Lotus Hotel is like a couple of pages in a chapter, that whole scene. And of course, there's so much there to expand. They they expanded it into the most memorable part of the movie and now they're expanding it into an entire episode and also inserting Hermes. Yeah, which I'm glad. It makes a lot of sense. Again, we'll talk about it when we get to it. We always get a little ahead of ourselves because uh, we don't get to discuss this until we're doing like this podcast. So we have a lot to say to each other. But mm-hmm. So the episode summary is Percy, Annabeth, and Grover must resist the alluring draw of a casino that feels outside of time. Mm-hmm. I do like that they're not letting making me like run out of breath anymore with their long yeah. sentences but it is funny how short these descriptions are getting yeah they're really like they're done trying to hook people at this point they're like we're trying to give away as little as possible all right so this opens with a percy nightmare which we knew was mm-hmm. very popular in the books he had them constantly and i'm really glad that they're inserting that a little bit in yes. here um, so it seems like a headmaster of a school is talking to mm-hmm. somebody that Percy can't see. He's sitting outside watching this headmaster discuss replacing the lightning thief and having future plans like Zeus and Poseidon's war is just the beginning. And mm-hmm. Percy's trying to get a glimpse of whoever that this guy's talking to, which is fun because he's not being haunted. In the last couple of d- <laughs> dreams he's had, he's the one being haunted. Now he's doing the haunting technically. Yeah. Which is something we see throughout the books, throughout all of Rick's books, like being able to sometimes ending up in other people's dreams. And Rick loves a dream. I'm glad they're bringing that into this. It's fun to see some of the dreams also come to life. Um, But I thought this was an interesting choice to have it be like the headmaster speaking with what we know as Kronos' voice and some like someone familiar to Percy, but also an authority figure that, you know, kicked him out of his school. so someone who, not not someone in Percy's good books. The headmaster seems to spot Percy and look at him and kind of include him in the conversation, which obviously freaks Percy out and mm-hmm. causes him to wake up. Because basically mm-hmm. he's just saying like, oh, he's our little hero. It's not time for you to be included in this conversation yet, but we'll get yeah. there. And then Percy's mm-hmm. yeeted out of the dream. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up in a lovely, smelly animal truck. <laughs> And so it cuts to Percy, Annabeth, and Grover all in the truck where we left off at the end of the last episode. Um, 
Grover sees that they're almost there. He's like kind of sticking his head out of the the top of the truck to see where they're at. Um, and he's also been talking with the animals, you know, gathering intel from them, which I like because we haven't had a lot of the fact that Grover can talk to animals. We're in the book that was kind of a, something that was brought up constantly. So I liked getting to see that um, and knowing that, you know, he's just chatting up the horses and the zebras and whatever else is in there. I was interested that Percy didn't talk to the zebra. And when we saw Grover talk to the, an animal last, he was chatting with the pegasi, which Percy had no interaction with. So I'm wondering if they're yeah. just going to remove the talking to horses thing completely or if they're just not kind ready. Of weird. But like we need him to talk to Blackjack, you know, like that's important. <laughs> his Jersey accent. His Jersey accent. The rest, like some of the talking to horses, I'm like, I don't know that I could take that seriously on screen. I just laugh. The horse would be delivering something super me- deep and meaningful, and I'd be like, why is the fucking horse talking? So I understand that change. Um, and also, this was so funny to watch because I was watching it like on the couch with my dogs and when it cut to like the animals and making their noises, both the dogs' heads just went up and were like, huh? Mm-hmm. And they like tr- were, were looking around for, you know, wherever the ostrich is, but alas, so it's cute. not in the house. It was on the screen. <laughs> Dumb dogs. They didn't realize. Idiots. <laughs> so Annabeth Iris calls Camp Half-Blood and they chat with Luke, who's the one to answer the call. And it's super interesting the way Luke plays it off because he wants to know a little bit more information on what they're doing. He's surprised, happy that they're alive. And then they kind of drop the bomb that they know who the lightning thief is. And Luke plays it really cool. He's like, what do you think? Like, obviously, they're not going to accuse him via Iris message. Like, he kind of has an idea they're not on the right track. And they end up... um, accusing Clarice and suggesting that Kyron arrest her. Which, <laughs> no. like, this is the okay. evidence that we've presented. Chiron should arrest this child. And the um, evidence is also just like Grover thinks that Ares is covering for someone and obviously it's Clarice. And Luke plays into it too because they're like Grover thinks that Ares knows and Ares is covering someone. Who would Ares cover for? And Luke's like, ah, Clarice, like his favorite daughter, which like bold, literally an episode ago, uh, Ares was like, I hate children. I hate all of my children. He does not have favorites. He actually loathes all of them. (laughs) Um, I also was thinking, do we think that Luke goes and tells Chiron this information? Like if you were Luke, would you go present this to Chiron so that he could do investigation or go, like, arrest Clarice? Or would you just hold this information to yourself? Because you know it's wrong, and maybe if an adult brain is involved, Chiron would know that it's wrong. And then they'd start the investigation all over again, and he can just continue to let Percy and Annabeth think that investigations are being, like, happening at camp. Yeah, I would probably just not tell anyone. Because it, I, I think the second Chiron gets involved, like he put, I mean, he's already involved and he's not doing a great job, but <laughs> um, if he learns that, you know, they're all theorizing that Ares is involved in ste- stealing the the lightning bolt. I almost said stealing the lightning thief. <laughs> that would be different. Um, then Chiron might uh, start sniffing around for whoever was helping, whoever was on that trip that was at the solstice and able to help steal the bolt and, you know, 
Clarice wasn't the only one there, as we know. Percy's about to tell Luke, like, hey, can we have some tips on talking to your dad? We're about to meet Hermes. But Annabeth cuts him off, which Mm -hmm. we know that that was a good... I wonder how Luke would have reacted being first Mm -hmm. the lightning thief and also the fact that these guys are going to uncover, like, go talk to his, you know, number one enemy. Annabeth doesn't let Percy talk talk to Luke about it because she doesn't want to upset Luke. She knows that he's not going to actually give any good advice because he just is very upset and angry and hurt with Hermes. Mm-hmm. So it was a very interesting, like, turnaround. Percy's shocked that Luke doesn't have a yeah. good relationship with Hermes because he's like, Luke is the most put-together and amazing man I know. Like, obviously, yeah. he has a great relationship with his father. Yeah. Percy, you know, the little Percy crush on Luke, it's there. He's yeah. like, this is the coolest guy I've ever met. <laughs> he has a great mother, a great father, and he is everything I want to be. Yeah, yeah. right? I also loved, there's a line when when Annabeth and Percy are telling Luke about their their travels and they're like, oh, like this happened on Sunday. And Annabeth's like, actually, that was Monday. And they're like bickering. And Luke is like, when did this happen? When did you guys turn into an old married couple? And I loved that line. I was like giggling a little bit. And Percy's immediately like, I'm going to change the subject. I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, the way I was kicking my feet, giggling. Like, I think that did more for me than the um, boat scene in Waterland. Because it was a mix of everything I wanted, where they were they were just vibing super well. And the way Luke didn't say, like, oh, you guys like each other. It's like, old married couple. He's not implying Mm -hmm. that they're, like, romantically involved. He's just like, oh, you guys are, like, a unit now. And but they're 12. So saying marriage is like so yeah. scary. And so they're having a panic attack and they both portrayed that so well. They're like, oh God, how could you even say that? They just moved on from the conversation. And that's one of my absolute favorite tropes when there's two characters that like, you you kind of know are eventually going to have a thing and another character like calls them out on it or says something. I'm like, you guys act like you're married or you guys act like a couple. And then I'm like, oh, it makes me so excited. I love that <laughs> trope. Oh, what is it? The, I don't know what, mutual pining. Yes, part the of, yeah. mutual yearning, mutual the pining. The yearning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, love it. So Grover releases the animals. He's so funny in it. He's <laughs> like, these are this. <laughs> artists. They were only missing one tool. They had everything perfectly aligned and the tool that they're missing is thumbs. And that's so good. Yeah. I'd believe that. Like, if animals had thumbs, more animals had thumbs, I think that uh, they'd probably have a better society than us. Yeah, probably. Or maybe the same society. We've read it might be before. really chaotic. Like, my dogs with thumbs, they'd be, like, breaking into the food. <laughs> the way they break in. so much chaos. You'd, th- you'd close the door to try to pee or something, and Wally's just there. He's like, you thought you could leave me? <laughs> I mean, you know when you've been here before, they hate closed doors. They do. Because we don't close doors often. And so when we have people over and we, like, close the door to go to the bathroom, they just, like, like, bat at the door, like, please (laughs) let me in. If they had thumbs, they'd be opening that door on everyone. (laughs) like, I need to watch you pee. Yeah. You good? You watch me pee. I watch you pee. That's our deal. (laughs) Um, but Grover releases the animals into the streets and mm-hmm. Percy has a moment where like, this is not going to work, but he, they just, they, they don't have time for it. So they end up um, getting into the Lotus Casino. Yeah. 
I love that Percy says, he's like, is this safe? And Grover's like, oh, I gave them like the satyr's blessing. They're fine. And Percy's like, no, I mean, for the humans. There's like people screaming on the street. And Grover's like, well, let's get out of here. <laughs> he's like, doesn't care about murder. Yeah, I get it. Okay, but yeah, then they get to the Lotus Casino, and we have, when they enter the casino, it looks so cool. Um, immediately Levitating is playing, so that's the new poker face, mm. apparently. I thought it was a good choice for a song. It looks like a very classic casino, classic Vegas casino. And we do have some audio clips about the, the set design and also the costume design. So I'm gonna play the one on the set first. Okay, so this is Dan Henna, who is the set designer, talking about um, the location that they chose and how they designed that. And, and regarding regarding the set, we found a disused mall that had been was empty, and decided that we could create a casino in that. One of the things that we used to create the illusion of depth was big LED screens. So we could uh, add color and depth with, with those screens. We sort of split it up into the various areas. So you walked in the main entrance and, you know, off to the right was the more uh, kid-orientated stuff like the um, virtual reality room and 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 then also, you know, the old slot machines and the game machines. And then into the more sophisticated gambling, which sort of ran down the center and then off to to the sort of high rollers. But in each case, we positioned big wall screens of LEDs that we could uh, um, put imagery on to just keep this uh, feeling alive that you were in a place where it never got dark, uh, the days never changed. And the only time we saw that was in the entrance. When you look back out through the entrance, you could see that it was daylight or darkness outside. But once you're in, you're in, and time goes very quick. I like how much like intention went into creating this space that felt like it existed outside, outside of time. Um, thought that was really cool and also love the fact that it's in an abandoned mall i want to go so in an abandoned cool. mall I like do that's so I creepy like, i like I the do. two vibes of it like an abandoned mall in like what they use for a set design it's just like a big empty building and then um an abandoned mall i think of like the last of us that last episode yes so. I'm just like, yes I don't no that's what i here. was thinking of no, but that makes me want to. It's not weird, but I like I think cuz I played the the game and the like DLC is that whole like episode whatever that was 8 or something like that. I don't know. Um but it's a a whole like mini game in itself and it was so fun to explore the mall. It honestly wasn't that scary most of it. Like the zombies didn't come out till later, but that's what I thought of too with the abandoned mall. Very apocalyptic sounding. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's different from this than the movies and the books is instead of just like falling into it and feeling like they deserve some like downtime, uh, Grover immediately remembers the Odyssey and mm-hmm. how about the lotus flower and how they he remembers in the story when you eat a lotus flower, you forget who you are and what your plan was and you just kind of live in bliss. So they promise each other they're not going to eat anything. Mm-hmm. And 
you can tell um, Percy's a bit upset because he's like, oh my God, like, I think we deserve to just like chill for a yeah. little while, you know, like, let's go and play a cool. video game. It's so yeah. cool. Um, they end up having to split up Annabeth and Percy together because Percy reminds them he has no idea what Hermes looks like. He's like, I won't know who he is if I get <laughs> left behind. Like Percy would just be wandering around like, are you a god <laughs> to everyone? <laughs> Which is also really great because we don't find out till later that if they had all three split up, they would have mm. never found each other again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's really important that he did stick with someone. Yeah. And yeah, I liked the change that they noticed it immediately. You know, when I read, when I read the books, I don't really care, but you know, watching it sometimes I think to some of the stuff in the books that they didn't notice, like Medusa and like the Lotus Casino, they were pretty dumb. <laughs> like so Those dumb. kids were not paying attention and it would make it really hard to believe that like, I'm like, Annabeth is a child of Athena. How does she not notice this? So I think that's important that they, uh. They updated that. Annabeth and Percy are going to look for Hermes, and Grover is looking around too, but he ends up running into a satyr who is like a good family friend of his, who's forgotten everything. His name is Augustus, and mm-hmm. he's like has little bits of memory about searching for Pan. And it's like yeah. at this moment of Grover's looking at a man who's failed, who inspired his uncle Ferdinand, who we also know has failed to search mm-hmm. for Pan. So it's just like this non-stop generational curse of not being able to find Pan and mm-hmm. it's making him a little sad but Augustus ends up like trying to invoke or like basically says I know where Pan is I'm so close and takes Grover with him but Grover has this moment where he realizes that Augustus hasn't eaten anything he hasn't been eating the flowers or anything like that so he's like why are you forgetting He's just eating like nachos or something like he's because he offers Grover the nachos and Grover's like, no, 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 I won't eat the flowers. And the guy's like, flowers, these are nachos. And that's when Grover realizes that he's forgotten everything. And also Grover has like, who am I? Why am I here? And Gus is like, oh, you were coming with me so I could show you what pan. And Grover's like, that must be it. And the two of them end up running off. Yep. So Grover's like lost already. Yeah, we've Grover's lost long Grover. Gone. Yeah, we've <laughs> lost Grover. Grover's on lost the plot. So then we get back to Percy and Annabeth, who are looking for Hermes, and they do find him. They eventually find him. There is Lin Manuel Miranda in like sweats, also, <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny. Um, and they invoke Luke to try to get his help. He's immediately like, oh, hi, demigods. Like, everyone comes here and everyone asks me for the secret passage to the underworld and I don't give it to them. And they're like, we're friends of Luke. Well, Annabeth says that. And he, his demeanor changes immediately. It's like, this is my son. (laughs) See, reference number one. And (laughs) I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. Not going to rap it. And he immediately changes when Luke is mentioned um, and then takes them to a different room. Um, We did A room where it happened. (laughs) God. (laughs) Didn't see that one. Unfortunately. Thanks. I didn't Uh, either. It just came out of me, you know. This is the first appearance of Wise Girl. Uh, mm-hmm. CV Brain has become a constant, which I love. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, Wise Girl, like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Yeah, I love that Seaweed Brain, like the first time she called him Seaweed Brain was, it was a really fast moment in the last episode. Like you said, you didn't even notice it. Um, and um, it was very much, she was just frustrated with them and reactive. And now it's just like her nickname for him. 
Just calls him that. It's so cute. Very oh. cute. Ugh. So sitting with Hermes, Hermes is like talking about existing between time and space. That's how he's the delivery god and his whole spiel, which is probably why he likes the casino, because he's all he gets to be in a place that is equal to him, where he both he and to this hotel both exist in this like vacuum. And yeah. Then he starts launching into his own woe is me monologue. He's like, I can't interfere. You don't know how much it hurts. I'm trying to help Luke, but it just hurts mm-hmm. us more. Hermes brings up specifically like the reason he doesn't interfere anymore is because the last time he did was with Luke and his mom and what happened to Luke's mom. And, you know, Annabeth was there. She's like, I remember that. I remember what Luke said to you and how he blamed you for everything that happened. And Hermes is now like, I don't get involved anymore. Like, I'm done. He's <laughs> Removing himself from the narrative. And so then he... <laughs> I remember said, I, I know I said I would support you in this endeavor, but I yeah, decided to go against it. This is annoying. That's actually kind of mean. That's so mean. <laughs> um, Hermes is like, you know what it feels like when you like love someone a lot, but you guys can't stop hurting each other. Like, mm-hmm. And he touches Percy and invokes this memory. And for a second, we see baby Percy sitting in a car. And then it mm-hmm. comes back. It obviously is a significant moment for Percy. We have no idea what it's about. We don't know mm-hmm. if it's about. It's probably about Sally because at the end of the day, everything is Sally. Yeah. Um, he goes to touch Annabeth. He's like, I'm going to remind you too. And Annabeth's like, no, thank you. I can remind <laughs> remember without having to relive the trauma of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's fast. She reacts. She's immediately like, nope, not going there with you. Hermes is like, I can't help you. I can't stand this pattern. I keep sending people to the underworld and it ends badly every single time. Like no one is successful. I might as well not even try. Which Annabeth is like, well, screw you. If you're not even going to help us, I'm just going to walk away. So she gets up and Percy is really annoyed and is about to leave too. And Hermes is like, I'm just going to, I saw something that was like every single one of these monsters that these children have met just go straight for the mommy and daddy issues. They don't allow they do. these kids to breathe. They're like, well, your mom hates you and your dad <laughs> does never there for you. Yeah. And it's so mean. Like, why can't they bully them in a normal way? <laughs> why can't they just be like, you're ugly? Yeah. <laughs> your shoes are ugly. Like, why do they have to be like, your mother never loved you? Jeez. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hermes basically uses that and he hurts Percy further by saying, hey, like, Poseidon's the one who gave me this advice. He told us that like, we shouldn't, interfere that parenting is about like staying away and you should stay away and Percy's like a new daddy's boy you can see Walker does such a good job of like being hurt by this because he was just being a champion of his father he's new to this whole thing and he's just introduced to being like I love daddy and Mm -hmm. he's a little hurt but that his father would say this and he's like then why would Poseidon say that he's going to see me in Santa Monica and Hermes is like gods don't like being powerless and not being involved so sometimes we break our own rules and then Hermes gives them the bad news that it's not much use anyway because they've been here for a long time and time has passed and Percy realizes it and runs to Annabeth and they run to the front door and they see that it's nighttime it's actually already Thursday which is the evening of the day of the solstice Yep. And this is when you said you didn't notice it, but this is when I noticed that um, it kind of has like a wider shot and you get to see like a lot of people walking around. And this is when I noticed the different costumes and how there's people in like 20s outfits and more modern outfits and 
Um, I'm going to play now. We have a clip from Tish Monahan talking about the, the design of these costumes specifically. Um, for myself, I created um, boards from every decade that we were going to be uh, dealing with. I found just a huge variety of, of uh, imagery from people going to Las Vegas back in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. I got our producers and director to highlight the images that they thought were their favorites. I also had to think of the fact that you can only see in a like in a in a quick glimpse what decade this is. So I just thought it was really important that whoever was from a certain decade would travel together in clumps so that they could be recognizable. If you have everyone all, you know, mixed in, you know, it wasn't going to be as as easily a, you know, a visual a visual reference. So that's what we did and we just ordered our, you know, rental costumes and thank goodness there were, you know, lots of them available. So yeah, I definitely clocked that on watching and I was also play paying super close attention to the things in the background, maybe even more so because I was desperately like, where's Nico? Where's <laughs> Bianca? I didn't catch anything. So if anyone did, I'm sure we'll see like if there's any little Easter eggs about them. But I was I was looking, I didn't see anything on like any games of with their names or anything like that. But you know, I've been known to not notice things. So I am even more known to not notice them. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure someone will tell us when um, we see like thousands of TikToks of this episode. Someone's exactly. Tell us. Yeah. Someone better yeah. than us will tell us. It's all part of the analysis, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically, everyone's mad that Hermes has allowed them to waste this much time. So Annabeth's like, you know what? That's good because I picked his pocket when he I turned invisible <sighs> when he was talking about how your father doesn't love you. <laughs> She's like, I heard all that, whatever. Yeah. I gasped when she took out the keys. I was like, oh, that is, like, that's my girl. That's Anna. Yeah. I love her. We love to see it. Because it She's was so sassy and great. It wasn't very like her to just walk away and just be like, mm -hmm. well, if you're not going to help us, then I guess this quest is over. Like, obviously, she's going to have a plan B and it's going to be robbery. So why not? Yeah. She doesn't just have plan B. She has like plans B through F going yeah. on. Like she's like, I'm going to rob him. That doesn't work. I'm going to drop kick him. Like I don't, she's got, she's got options. <laughs> As they're about to leave, they're like, we forgot something. What did we forget? And then they see Augustus coming down the escalator and Annabeth remembers Grover. Percy's like, Grover's gotten so old. And she's like, <laughs> Percy's like, wow, how much Brain time empty. Passed? Yeah. <laughs> And so they're like, oh shit, we have to go get Grover. <laughs> like fully about to leave without him. Amazing. <laughs> they, they find Grover playing a VR game of Finding Pan. So they're like, this place has everything. Like it has, yeah. they know that satyrs are going to love this. So they're like, here's a game you can play. And mm -hmm. at this point when they kind of wake him out of the game, he's a sweet, clueless baby. He has no idea who they are. He has no idea who he is. He's just like, oh, okay, I'll come with you. If you guys say that you're my best friends, I'll go wherever you say. Let's go on a quest. Yeah. He's very easy. He's very sweet, very innocent in this yeah. scene. I do love, too, when he gets pulled out of the VR game, he's like, I was so close. And Percy's like, I hate it when that happens because I feel like it's very much like, 
kids who play video games that generate like if you like turn off their game right as they're about to win that's very much a big no-no yeah and i feel like percy would be a video game kid oh 100 Mm percent percy definitely played Fortnite. unfortunately i mean that's why he's doing the dance but he did the Fortnite dance yeah yeah So they end up underground looking for whatever vehicle Hermes might travel in. They have no idea what kind of car he's going to have. And and th- as they walk, they talk. And Grover's a little confused and a little sad. He's like, am I the reason we're late for this quest? And Percy's like, no, it's not your fault. Like, I'm glad that we are we are together now. And no matter what, we'll get through it. Kind of reflecting Grover's words back to him. Like, we're never going to be alone. We're going to be together. Mm-hmm. So they find a taxi, which they're like, oh, that makes sense for, you know, the god who can exist between space and time. And the god of travelers is probably going to be driving a taxi. <laughs> and of course, Hermes is also the god of thieves. So he knows that Annabeth picked his pocket. Mm-hmm. And he probably watched her do it. And he's left instructions for them in a map because he's kind of impressed that they've gotten this yeah. far. I love that the letter said, uh, like on the envelope, it was like, to the dumb kids. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So they're like, okay, the taxi's going to take us wherever we want to go. We just have to get it out of the garage. And obviously these are two 12-year-olds and a satyr who is high technically at the time. So Yeah, he's basically high, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Percy's like, all right, I got to drive. And this, I enjoyed this scene way too much. It was just so, I was like literally gasping. I think I had more reactions than I did in the first episode watch where we were on camera i was thinking about it afterwards i was like violently like hiding my face and yelping every time percy hit a wall or slammed into something this is like my new favorite scene this was so good like i was i was loving this episode and then this scene came and i was Mm -hmm. like this might be my new favorite episode this is just so like quintessential percy and Annabeth and Grover like the three of them in this chaotic situation they've been doing all these things like fighting monsters and they're like the biggest challenge so far is getting a car out of a parking garage which like mood those turns are really tight scary (laughs) i did that today today because i watched this episode yesterday and i had to park in the parking garage at work which normally i opt for the outdoor parking because i don't like the parking garage because it has really tight turns and i was like going down the tight turn and i was thinking of percy i was Mm -hmm. like I feel you, man. Like, that's a challenge (laughs) for the first time you get behind the wheel. It's a challenge. It's such a challenge. As a grown adult, I got a car and I live in a city and I, Mm -hmm. my car lives in a really tight tight parking spot. And like within the first two weeks of having this car, I hit every single angle of it on a pole of some kind. So Amazing. And I'm an adult. Percy's 12. His feet can (laughs) barely reach the, the pedals. So his feet can probably... He's probably taller than you. That's fair. That's actually a good point. But we don't have to talk about it. Um, he's like, how can, how do we make it go backwards? And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be horrible. It was so many shenanigans. I loved it. I'm looking up his height right now. Stop. Oh, my God. He's 5'7"? Now? How tall was he when they were filming this? Like, He was sh- probably still taller than us. Let's be honest. No wonder, like, Leia looks so short next to him. She looks so tiny. She looks so tiny. He was probably, what, like, 5'3 or something because he's grown so much when he filmed this. Oh, my gosh. That is embarrassing for us. <laughs> what do you, For you, I'm six foot something. That's true. Yeah. yeah anyway. I thought you were, like, 12 feet or something like That's that. True. I thought that was the established canon. It's a moving <laughs> target, actually. 
Um, there were some parts of this that just really got me. The way that he honked way after the yes. fact. It's so me. I like... I mean, Washington, you don't honk very much in general. And then I always feel like, hey, that was mean. And I'll honk and the guy's already like, you know, a thousand feet away. <laughs> yeah. And I love that, like, that he looks so indignant that this person didn't slow down. He looks like, he's like aghast that they didn't <laughs> slow down in the parking garage for him. Like, oh my gosh. So funny. They make it and they're doing a pretty good job getting out of the garage. And then my another favorite scene is Percy is gazing lovingly at Annabeth. Oh. She's lovingly gazing at him oh. and he swipes the side of the car so I badly. Died. The fact that he like he's struggling to get out of the exit turn and he makes it through the turn and then he looks like him and Annabeth make eye contact and they're like kind of celebrate. You clearly like, yeah, we did it. And then he immediately is the wall. Like, my boy is falling in love already. Like, he is not able to pay attention when he looks at her. Then they almost get hit by a truck. And the only (laughs) thing that's safe, because they're not looking each way, they're just gunning it out of this parking garage. (laughs) And um, the only reason that they actually survive, like, this would have been the end of the series if it wasn't a magical car that takes them straight to the beach in Santa Monica. Yeah. That scene is just going to live rent-free in my head. Like, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about how the throne scene will live rent-free in their head in the last mm-hmm. episode. This is my scene. This is my Roman Empire. This yes. is what I'm thinking about constantly now, is them is the way he stared at her and then hit a wall. That's mm-hmm. so Percy Jackson. So Incredible. Um, and I so- love the whole time, too. Sorry, I'm going to talk about it one more yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, no. I love the whole time, too, that Annabeth... Like, there's a part where, like, Percy's struggling. He's like, you want to try it? And she's immediately like, no, 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 no. Like, they're both just like, we don't... <laughs> she's like, I don't want to drive. I'm 12. <laughs> um, They end up in Santa Monica. And now Grover, I mean, he rises from the back seat And he's like, I forgot everything. He's like, mm-hmm. why am I the only one who forgot? And Percy is like, I don't know either. But Annabeth answers them. And this is like, ugh got me mm-hmm. good he's she's like we remembered because we were together it's easy to forget when you're alone and I was oh. Like, oh so true and they're like we're never going to be alone again this like constant reassurance to each other that the three of them are always going to have each other's backs it's i'm sorry so i'm re- like gonna throw up because i just had a realization that like we're never gonna be alone and just heroes of olympus spoiler for anyone who's only listening to this plug your ears for a second but that's like the same thing when like percy and annabeth fall into tartarus and then he's like i'm never letting you be alone again and the reason they make it through tartarus is because they're together they're not alone oh i'm having feelings about them today I thought you were actually going to throw up. I was like, why? <laughs> like, what has because happened? Of, because of Persebet. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I did see, again, um, I did see a TikTok today that was like a picture of Percy on the throne that was like, oh, like, understanding that, like, not, like, yeah, obviously 16-year-old Percy's going to fall into Tartarus for Annabeth, but 12-year-old Percy probably would also fall into Tartarus for Annabeth. Oh, yeah. And I think that's even, like, in the books, too. I know they've expanded a lot of their relationship in this show, but even in the books, like, the moment Percy's loyalty is solidified with Annabeth, which is pretty early on, I think yeah. he would have, he very much would have fallen to Tartarus for her or for Grover or for his mom. Like, those yeah. are his people. He would have done it for Luke too in this first book, oh. which is what's so sad. And Luke oh, he is so would have. Yeah. 
Oh. 19. <laughs> That's going to be a hard together. one to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be hard. Um, Percy ends up going underwater. Grover and Annabeth were like, we'll be here when you're back. Like, no matter what happens with your dad, we'll be here. So it's that theme again. It's going to get mm-hmm. us good. Percy goes underwater, but instead of his father, he meets the Nyreed that he had seen earlier in St. Louis. She tells him that Poseidon, which I don't, I don't know how much I believe this. She said that Poseidon waited as long as he could, but the solstice has passed and Poseidon has to wait, has to go get his army ready because they're about to go for war. And Percy's released from his quest because he's failed it. He wasn't able to deliver, but he's not going to accept that because he's Percy fucking Jackson. He's like, I'm going to see this through. And he monologues a little bit about perseverance and all of that stuff. And he gets the Nairi to help him by get she gives him four pearls, saying that mm-hmm. these pearls will release them all from the underworld. And she says, Go save the world, but go save your mom too. Mm-hmm. Oh. So good. Um, so I really liked the changes. I did think adding Hermes was an interesting choice. They've introduced the gods a lot um in this because they want and they're also like a lot softer, I've noticed, than in the in the books in the books they're kind of Mm. like not caring in this one they allude to the fact that they all kind of care about either demigods or their children or something in the world where in the books they don't give a shit they're all kind of they all just don't want to be involved and they are annoyed that percy is there in any capacity so showing hermes having a reaction to hearing luke's name Kind of not helping them, but then helping them is, it's a very interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like that they're introducing a lot more, a lot more of the gods earlier, um, simply because I think it's fun to see them because in the book, you only really see what Poseidon and Zeus and yeah. Ares. Well, they see all of them at the end. Yeah, Olympus, that's true. But- yeah. But he's not focused. He's focusing on Poseidon, obviously, in mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's really cool that we get to see them earlier. I also thought that Lin-Manuel Miranda was great as Hermes. Like, mm-hmm. I loved his take on Hermes. I feel like for some reason, like, hating on him is kind of a meme that I don't fully understand. Like, I don't really understand why people hate on him. I don't know what he did. Um, I just know that he appears in all the Disney things now. But I thought he did great. I... I really liked it. I really liked it. And I really liked um, the subtle, like, he's kind of an asshole, but it's out Mm -hmm. of experience. And is he the asshole? And obviously, we know a lot more information than the characters do. But I think it's, he did a great job. I really liked the casting. After, you know, after the jump scare was passed, I was like, (laughs) okay, yeah. The initial, like, what? Hamilton? (laughs) What are you doing here? (laughs) Also, the comparison from the books. In the books, Percy hasn't told him that his plan is to go save his mom. That that his friends are in the dark about that. He doesn't tell them why he's going to the pier and going underwater in Santa Monica. He doesn't tell them anything. And he's also not warned about the gifts in this. In this one, he's just told to go, which I thought was interesting. I also loved, like, obviously, if they're reinforcing the fact that the three of them trust each other, this found family is kind of unbreakable at this Mm. point. It's perfect that Percy's going to give them all the information immediately rather than um, 
keeping any secrets. He has no more secrets from these guys, and he's hoping that that's the same thing for them. That's also for the new viewers who are like trying to figure out if like Grover or Annabeth or someone else is, be- is going to betray Percy. It makes it much more like nail biting because it's like Percy completely and truly trusts them but what if one of them betrays him i like the change that they are now in the know about the fact that he's trying to rescue his mom and not only are they in the know but they're really supportive of it too and they are like yeah let's get your mom i think that's really important um to show their loyalty to him all right let's uh move on to our lightning bolt questions so we have one rewind question and this was the only one that i felt was super um relevant to our to this episode so Mm -hmm. i was like kind of uh, like forwarding through as fast you know as fast Mm -hmm. as i can trying not to hear anything but i do have an idea that we talk about um i know what we talk about probably i think we go on a quite a bit of a tangent oh i would imagine (laughs) so the question is what kind of game would you spend hours playing at the lotus casino I do think it would be like a Sims type of game. I've lost a lot of hours of my life to the Sims <laughs> over the yeah. years, especially if it was, you know what I want? <laughs> I'm gonna sound so old. I want a Sims game that's like on some kind of ergonomic <laughs> screen. Cause the reason I don't play the Sims much anymore is cause I also work at a computer and I'm like, I'm not doing that to my neck. I do not need to be staring at a screen longer than I already am, even though I just go and stare at my small screen. But if there was like a magical Sims game that also caused me no pain, no eye strain, I'd be there all day. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't play video games while I was in grad school because my entire thing was, which is funny because all of my classmates are really into gaming. So I was very surprised that they loved computer games and Xbox. And I was like, we just sit at our computer all day. Like, why do you want to go home and do more hours of this? Anyway, um, I like, I love The Sims too. I love Mm -hmm. like anything that has to do with like design. Like I've really been into uh, City Sky, like what is it called? City Skies. Cityscape? Cityscape. That's what it is. Something like that. I don't remember. It was on sale. I get to design cities and oh. make sure they have water and stuff. I play like, for me, it's a lot. I play a couple hours of it. And so um, I like designing. I want to like build my own little world. That's why I like oh. Age of Mythology and Age of Empire growing up. So it's giving Annabeth. It is. I'm just an architect. Yeah. I my, my father has a master's degree in civil engineering and I should have followed his footsteps. Yeah, there you go. So I'm going to play what we said last time. I'm sure we talked about The Sims or, you know. And what kind of game would you spend hours playing at the Lotus Casino? 100% I would be going down that water slide and doing the bungee jumping. That sounds like so much fun. I'm not going to lie. Every time I always forget that that's even there. I'm always in my head. It's just all video games. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, there's also water slides? What? This place yeah. is wild. Um, I would be playing Stardew Valley. <laughs> you do that anyway. Yes. It would be like an even, it would be, I'd like a mix of Stardew Valley and The Sims. So Stardew Valley, but you can customize even more, but it's like a nice relaxing, I can build my farm, woo all the townsfolk, become a millionaire, build bigger farm buildings that's all i want 
just virtually farm. Yes, virtually oh, farm, virtually create a little family. <laughs> Are you sure you're not the child of, oh shit, what's her name? Demeter. Demeter. The farmer. <laughs> Who knows? But it's only virtually. Only virtually. Only virtually farming. The real farming, I would not do well. Also, I don't think my farm's even that good on Stardew Valley because it's like, Whenever I see other people's who are actual gamers, my mm. gaming, the only games I play are The Sims, Stardew Valley, and Animal Crossing. All of those have the same kind of vibe of just building your own stuff and then being nice to townspeople. Well, The Sims has much more of a dark vibe if you want, but my farm's not even that nice. It's not that big, and I'm not that good at making it, like, pretty. I just, I make it work, I make money. That's what matters. <laughs> So you like the capitalistic side of Stardew no, Valley? No, actually in Stardew Valley, I left the city because the my job at Joja Corps was running me, cra- driving me crazy. So really, I'm trying to live the communist life. I'm giving out eggs to all my friends. <laughs> okay, so what's the next question? I don't have time to dissect that. <laughs> I'd like to know, why do you just let me talk? <laughs> That's our whole friendship. (laughs) Our friendship is you posing a ridiculous question as me giving an absurd answer and you just don't stop me. (laughs) The longer it goes on, the wilder it usually gets. I don't think I had joined Stardew Valley at this point. You hadn't. I think I was trying to sell it to you. Yeah, you really were. (laughs) This was like pandemic we were pretty shut down at this point so i think i was like final farmer guess <laughs> yeah i do love that i have developed i have played more games than those three since then i finally started playing playstation games so i'm a big girl now <laughs> all right i totally forgot well we didn't see any water slides or any games outside of video no. games. so i was thinking more of like what based off of the episode, but I did, if there were water slides and basketball hoops and stuff, I think I definitely would want to do that more than play an architecture game. Yeah, I believe that. All right, so my question, next question is, based on your godly parent, what kind of car or vehicle do you think they're going to drive? Oh, God. Or you would drive, I guess. So, like, what would Athena drive? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She's wisdom. Car is wise. A car with a monocle, oh. <laughs> a mustache and monocle. <laughs> it was like you know people put like lashes on their car. That's what it has. Um, but she's also like war. So I would think that she would drive something that's like self-driving because you have so much work Ooh, yeah. you need to be doing oh. and could be reading. Does she have like a freaking Tesla? She hundred percent has a Tesla. Uh, she also likes war, so it makes sense. Yeah, she would. She's like, sure, Elon Musk. I don't care about giving him money. That yeah, she would probably drive a Tesla, wouldn't she? Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. Persephone would drive like a donkey and cart, so I don't think it's like, <laughs> just like with hay in the background and there's flowers everywhere. Like there's no breeze. Like she's not trying to get anywhere fast. Spring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
Well, but then if it's not, what about her winter self? Like when she's Ooh. in the underworld? Winter self is just something that's on fire. Just like <laughs> something <laughs> dark and evil. Maybe a also a with, Tesla. Like a Hot Wheels. Like it would <laughs> yeah. look like a Hot Wheels with the fire on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are her two moods, which is very like yeah. me. Donkey and cart or a Hot Wheel. Yeah. Girlhood is a spectrum. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. My question is what kind of zoo animal would you want to share a ride with? Like a long ride across the country. Um, so first of all, none, because they're all kind of stinky. I don't well, think yes. Yes. Yeah. But uh, maybe something that wouldn't, like, I could pet. Like, yeah. give me some endorph- uh, serotonin while I'm uh, having to sit next to them. Hopefully something smaller that's not too stinky and also won't attack me. Yeah, I agree. I think something I could pet. I'm trying to think of, like, what's at the the local zoos. Like, red pandas are a big hit, I remember. Oh, yeah. At the- the zoo in Seattle. So, and they don't look like they'd hurt me. So I think that would be a fun little buddy. (gasps) An otter. Mm. And it could have like a little pool and it would splash each other. Yeah, it'd be very cute. And they like to cuddle. So They like to cuddle. So it would be, you know, it would work out great. All right. So (laughs) that's that. I'm so excited to see what's coming next. Episode seven. Um, We now have a better idea of our schedule. We'll be releasing more on time when the episodes drop because thanks to you guys we get a a bit of extra time to record and don't forget you can join our patreon to read some of our old outlines from our uh first season of the series of the percy jackson series of our podcast um it is only three dollars a month to join a link to send an audio message is going to be in our episode description, so please be, feel free to do that. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on social media at Camp Half Pod, and our email is camphalfpod at gmail.com. <laughs> please, if you haven't already, I think you should eventually take this out, because if you haven't, you're not going to, but rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Or if you haven't, you're not going to, and honestly, rude. <laughs> rude? <laughs> I'm going to say understandable, but also... No, rude. You're not a real member of our mob if you don't rate us and review. But only positively, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Mobs wouldn't be mean to us. No. Only to others. Only to others. Yeah, exactly. Bye-bye.